All right, episode one of the uh, the podcast here. We're going to see where this takes us. Um, you know, this is my first time uh, speaking to anyone, speaking on a podcast, so bear with me here with time, with practice and time, you know. We'll get better at it, but uh, so just sit back and relax and uh, just kind of enjoy what I have to say. Um, today's topic, we're going to be talking about today's youth and our failure to see our own privilege in society um what i mean by this is we take things for granted in america specifically but i think that you know america's youth tends to take things for granted um and i think that this is a uh, a very a very controversial issue because you know, we we've we're all accommodated to having silver spoons in our mouth. You know, we like, we say that you know there are upper class people who are born with the silver spoon fed in their mouth. You know, and then they get whatever they want. They're spoiled, whatever. And we look at something like that, and we consider them to be like more of a top tier person. We consider them to be more selfish. And yeah, I guess there are levels to that. But at the end of the day, um, realistically, we're we're all pretty fucking selfish. You know, um, we got roofs over our heads. A lot of us are college students. Um, you know, we we got jobs. We're working. All these types of things um, are part of our lives, and you know, we we implement them on a daily basis and consider them like norms. You know, uh, we have the the pleasures of being able to go on our phones. You know, our touchscreen phones pay for our phone bills if our parents aren't paying for our phone bills. We have the privilege of being able to go drive a car, um, have a car, own a car, and be able to have enough money to fill that up with gas, whether or not you're living paycheck to paycheck and struggling as a college student like myself. um, You still have the money in your pocket to be able to pay for that. You still have a roof over your head. You still have a phone and all these things, you're still in college, but trying to piggyback off of my main point here is that we're not, we kind of fail to see where we're privileged, you know, we kind of fail to see how top of a tier we're really at in society, Uh, you look at other societies and, you know, there there are people who, who are just looking to get their next meal. Even in America, that you know, you there's homelessness is an insane problem. It's and that's a whole other issue, but that's an incredible problem, and I think it's completely absurd that people are still living in the streets and they're they're fucking panhandling. And you know, you have people who are like, oh well, like, you know, you can tell which ones aren't really like are are fake. You can tell which ones like don't need it as much or are gonna spend it on drugs. But at the end of the day, it's like it's fuck that, you know. Um, they're they're out there. They're panhandling. They're putting a sign up saying that they need money on the street in a cold winter day, I don't think that there's much faking going on there, you know? And if there is, then they're obviously still struggling to make ends meet. You're not going to see a wealthy person out there on the street, and that's their career, is faking panhandling. It's just it's just not... That's just not a plausible case, uh, a plausible case there. But... So... So what I think is that people should start thinking twice, you know, uh, and and kind of understand where they are in society, I guess, you know, because we, we put, we go to Starbucks, we get our venti, whatever the fuck that the largest size coffee at Starbucks is, who knows nowadays, but 
you know, we go to Starbucks, we get our biggest coffee possible. We get a latte, we put whipped cream in it, we get, we spend six, seven dollars on a fucking coffee, right? Every single morning. And if you're not a big coffee drinker, then you probably get some sort of breakfast sandwich in the morning, whatever. You're probably spending some sort of money throughout your day at like a fast food restaurant just to get your, your fix of caffeine or food on the go or whatever. But so anyways, we're investing this sort of money on the daily into food like this, right? Or like cheap pleasures like this, and which is great because we can consider them cheap pleasures, whereas others can't. But aside from that, so we have these, right? We have these privileges and we walk down the street and then we see homeless people approach us with these signs, right? And we just don't even, we don't even take a second glance, you know? We consider them like almost inhumane and we treat them with a level of disrespect that I find absolutely disgusting. You know, you, you just put your head down, you bury your head in your fucking iPhone 7, iPhone 8, whatever, and you just continue to sip your coffee as you walk past them, your nine, your seven, eight dollar coffee as you walk past them, just buried in your phone. And they're just looking to fill their stomachs. Um, and I think that that's honestly disgraceful. What I think we need to do is, you know, just just stop for a second, um, get our heads out of our asses, get our heads out of our phones and kind of just take in the atmosphere around us. Um you know, just kind of understand how privileged you really are and how how much you really do have it made because I think that where we stand, like, you know, middle class, even some lower class, where we stand in society, we we really take it for granted a decent amount of the time, most of the time, actually. And I think it's pretty fucked up because there's some people out there who just can't even get a meal in their stomach or they, they can't even get a roof over their heads. Like their their daily grind is is life or death. And ours is our daily grinds consist of petty first world problems, you know, like and I I, I fall victim. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I've, <clears throat> I fall victim to this as well, you know, <clears throat> sorry, shit, I fall victim to this as well, you know, like, I'll be studying for finals, <clears throat> or I'll get a shit grade on an exam or an assignment or whatever, and I just start bitching out about it, you know, I'll complain, I'll say, like, oh, fuck this, like, life sucks, whatever, like, I, I can't handle this, I'm stressed because of my grades, I feel like a lot of people do that, you know, like, they, they can't handle it, and they're like, oh my god, like, this fucking sucks, my life is the worst, I'm getting shit grades, or, um, I was, I was fired from my job, or whatever, and I know it's a little bit extreme, but, like, we need to know that we're still going home to roof over our heads at the end of the day, whereas other people may not have that fortune. So I think we just, at the end of the day, what we need to do is kind of just stop, take a deep breath, realize how privileged we really are, <coughs> and uh, kind of understand where we fall in in societal standards. And I'm fucking coughing up a storm, so... I'll catch you guys next time, but just something to think about.
All right, everyone. My name is Kyle Brown, and this is the first podcast, the the introduction. I kind of just want to give you a background on who I am, um, what inspired me and influenced me to start doing podcasts, you know, just a little bit about myself and kind of just give you a background on who I am. Uh, hopefully, if if you're listening to this and if you like this, um, I'll get some good feedback from you guys, and I'll definitely be making more in the future. I'll be talking about some issues that I find really important, some controversial issues that everyone in society finds important, and I'll be able to, you guys will be able to hear my opinion on it, and you guys will be able to voice your opinions back. Some episodes will have just me speaking, and some episodes I'll have volunteers, some of my friends, maybe family members who will be willing to uh, talk to me a little bit about this stuff. So, a little bit about me, I'm 19 years old. I'm from North Kingstown, Rhode Island. I like to say that I'm from Warwick, Rhode Island because it's less of a uh, white and preppy area. And I lived there for 17 years of my life. And the past couple of years, I moved to North Kingstown. Um, So, you know, I kind of grew up in the Warwick area where it was less uh, walking with your entire fucking family and dogs and cats or whatever the fuck you have just kind of walking around your neighborhood waving to everyone everyone's outside mowing their lawns happy fake smiles on shit like that you know i'm just kind of used to the more do your own thing um make close friends with the people around you but you know that they're genuine friendships because of uh how kind of how kind of reserved people were at first you know you knew once you got to know somebody that they were there for life and they were down with you for life so I kind of liked my uh, my hometown. But I went to Tollgate High School in Warwick. Stayed there all through my senior year. Even when I uh, moved over to North Kingstown, I was a stubborn bitch and I refused to change high school. So I stayed at Tollgate. Um, I loved it there. Shit school, 100% academics-wise. You know, the, the, the teachers were great, but they didn't really give a shit. Um the material we were learning wasn't the best. We didn't really get much homework. Uh, the buildings were kind of run down. And it was just, it was all, all at the end of the day, it was just kind of a a shit show experience. But it was kind of a make the best of it type thing every day. And that's where a lot of the humor came out, I guess you could say. You know, um, we weren't always, we weren't glorifying our school and our buildings and stuff like that. We didn't have the best school spirit. But we kind of made do just by, like, fucking around and just, like, getting into, like, little mischievous things. And I think that that's what made my high school experience really important and uh, and so fun and cherished. Um, another thing about me is I'm a wrestler. Uh, I grew up playing soccer most of my life, and then seventh grade, I started wrestling. My uncle had gotten me into it. And uh, my little cousin, who's a couple years younger than me, who's still in high school wrestling, he's kicking ass. Um, they're the ones who kind of got me into it. And my older brother did it for a year. I was calling him out, you know, calling him a fag, calling him gay just because he was wearing a singlet. You know, the stereotypical, oh, you like to roll around with sweaty guys on the mat in tights, right? Yeah, I had I had that whole persona, you know, stuck in my head for the longest time just because my older brother was on the mat. And, you know, I just I didn't. We were always going back and forth with that. Um, but eventually, I put my money where my mouth was and I stepped on the mat. I uh, was complete shit 7th and 8th grade through the youth program. Um, almost didn't wrestle in high school. Almost didn't wrestle. But my persistent at coach, who I thank to this day for that, 
um, persistently reminded me that I should be on the team, and he, he constantly told me that. So I stuck with it. I was shit my freshman year. Um, didn't start varsity. I mean, <clears throat> the last state champ that our high school had was in my weight class spot my freshman year. Sophomore year, I did all right. Cracked varsity lineup, had a few wins in there, squeaked a few a few nice wins out. Junior year is when I kind of started to get the ball rolling. Um, I had a decent season, undefeated in dual meets, and I fucked up at States. Um, the kid that ended up taking fourth, so Rhode Island States, they, they placed the top six wrestlers in the state, right? And it was like a 30-man bracket at States. Um, so I wrestled the kid in the quarterfinals. Now, if, if I had won the quarterfinals, I would have automatically placed because I would have been in the semis, right? Um, I was in the quarterfinals, wrestled this kid, took him down, and I, I wasn't awarded the points. The ref said that the kid was out of bounds. His body, even in the video, his body was clearly in bounds, and I should have won by a point. But the ref didn't award me the two points, and he got an escape, which is one point at the end. Therefore, he got away with the win by one point, where in reality... I uh I should have walked away with that one point win and I would have taken fourth at his spot at states or even higher, um, but I'm not here to bitch about past times. What I'm telling you is that from there I kind of went on my vision quest. That's when I really started getting after it, cause like again, Rhode Island is a very small state and it's very small for wrestling. You know, other states such as Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Iowa, um, they're all they're all huge with the sport. You know, kids lifting fucking hay barrels and corn huge things of corn all day long, they got nothing better than do than just uh, scrap around in the dirt or whatever, and they they kind of just breed wrestlers out there since they're like three years old, and that's insane, but Rhode Island's small, so <clears throat> not a lot of wrestlers were doing off-season work at the time, like wrestling year-round, and that match, that one match was the one that set me off. And it created some sort of drive in my head. And I was like, all right, I really need to get after this. I don't know why, but uh, I just told myself, like, you got to get after it. <clears throat> You're not going to let another match like that fuck with your head ever again. So I started training year-round. I did multiple camps. I was at a club team practicing three times a week. Um, I was listening at the gym like a motherfucker. I was going crazy. Um, and I was just putting in a lot of off-season work, and not that many people were doing that at the time. You know, the only people that were doing it were the people that were all-state, the people that were really successful in Rhode Island wrestling. So that's kind of where my mindset kicked in. That's where that, that flame in my chest kind of uh, sparked, you know. Like, the, the lighter just sparked, and uh, it, the flame just grew from there. You know, I, I just wanted it. I wanted to get after it. I wanted to be all-state, get on that state podium at the end of the year. Which eventually I did, you know, my, my senior year, uh, I had a really good season. Uh, I went 42-6, and I uh, ended up taking fourth place at States, finally uh, kind of putting myself on Redemption Island there, or the Redemption Podium, actually. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, unfortunately, I was one point out of, one point out of going to New England's because top three go to New England's, and I lost in overtime by a point in the Constellation Finals match. But at the end of the day, it's all right because, you know, I learned a lot of lessons from the sport. Um, I also wrestled in college for a semester, but we'll we'll get to that story in a minute. Um, 
the the big takeaway from this part is that that's where my <clears throat> that's where my distinctive competence kind of kind of lies you know that's kind of what sets me aside from other people is uh my sense of dedication and drive over others you know people fill out job applications people get, look for jobs or they talk about sports and they say oh i'm i'm determined i'm a determined individual but i think that there's a, a keen difference between determined and drive um and i think what sets me aside from others is that i have drive while they have this fake sense of determination right so with their determination they think that they're going to get tasks done and they say that they're going to outwork people but with drive i feel like it's a more powerful word one and for and, and two i feel like having drive is the willingness to put 100% in 110% in to that oriented goal that you're trying to get and you're willing to go through hell and back just to reach that goal and i think that that's something that wrestling has implemented into my brain and it hasn't left and that trait has carried over into every other aspect of my life um since that moment and i think that states my senior year and this whole vision quest i went on from junior to senior year kind of sparked that flame and got the ball rolling with that characteristic that i've been able to acquire um so i think that's pretty cool but back to back to the continuation of the wrestling story i ended up wrestling at Rhode island college for one semester absolutely hated it the coach was an asshole i fucking hated it um i didn't like the school you know i I loved my roommate um he was the best but that was the only thing i liked about the school to be honest with you so i told myself look you need to get a better education you need to go to a school that you're gonna love and all that but i was limiting myself because not that many schools in new england had wrestling so i had to kind of man up a little bit and uh just choose academics and happiness over wrestling. So I did. Uh, I, I left Rick after a semester. And I transferred to Southern New Hampshire University, where I'm currently at as a sophomore. So I got there last semester. I just finished on my second semester there. Um, and as soon as I got there, the, the flame never died in my heart. The flame never died. The passion for wrestling, that was my goal. That was my drive, you know. That was the one thing in my life that brought out that drive. So I, I didn't want to let that go. Um, so as soon as I got to school, I'm, I'm, I'm making a club wrestling team. That was the only thing that was on my mind. So as soon as I got there, started making flyers, right? Reached out to this guy who emailed me saying, Oh, like I saw your posters and blah, blah, blah over campus. Um, I want to be your advisor for the team. I want to help you out. I work on campus and I was like, okay, cool. So I met up with him. He sounded kind of doubtful. You know, he was like, Oh, Kids have tried to do it in the past, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it never ends up being successful because getting mats just is, it's it's expensive, you know. We never get enough guys. And I, I was basically just like, fuck that. Like, I'm determined. I'm not not determined. Well, I'm just kind of double-crossing myself there. Um, I, I, I'm driven. Um, that's what I told him, I'm, is I'm driven, you know. And... I told him that I was going to get it done. And he said, okay. He sounded a little bit doubtful, you know, because I'm sure that it's kind of the boy who cried wolf scenario. Like, he he, he has all these people saying that they're going to do this, and then it never happens. But um, I told him I was going to get it done. I told him that I had drive. And he somewhat believed me at first. Um, until I made him fully believe when a year later, we have a club team. 
um, our season, our first season is taking off in a month and a half, and we are in an, are in the NCWA, which is a, a wrestling league for club sports. We have um, a season schedule set up for us. We have an, uh, an official club email. We've had a couple of cardio workouts. We have 23 guys on the roster, and it's legit. Like, it's not just intramural sports. Like, this shit took a year to make. Um, I managed the social media of it. I've been, I've been working my ass off pretty much doing this whole thing on my own with Chad. He's been helping me out a lot. But for the most part, I've been doing the whole thing alone. And I, I, for some reason, I, I, don't, I don't entirely know why. But then I just, like, I feel like my mind doesn't have to know completely why. It's just that, that fire that's continuously staying lit in my heart, you know? It's, it's that passion. It's that drive. The thing that keeps me going, the thing that keeps anyone going, um, is that sense of drive. And I think that everyone should, at some point in their life, find that drive, you know, find their purpose, find their why. You hear people say, find your why. Like, what's your purpose here? Like, what are you working towards? What are your goals that you're working towards? And that was the goal that I was working towards, you know, was just to be persistent with this, <clears throat> get back on the mat, and just uh, just go out there and wrestle, kick some ass. And fortunately, I've been blessed enough to um, be given that mindset and earn that mindset to the point where we do have wrestling at the school now. And over time, it could become an NCAA team, and that could become my career as being the coach or being the uh, the, the marketing advisor or the, having a marketing position on the team. And uh, I, th- I, th- <clears throat> I think that's pretty cool. Um, and again, not just with wrestling, but the sport has taught me to kind of bring all these skills over and these traits over to every other aspect of my life. So the sport taught me to be a better uh, a better individual all around. It taught me to have a a harder and more driven work ethic in the classroom as well. You know, I, I have a 3.87 and then this semester I got a 3.81. I'm doing great with my grades straight A's all the way through since I've got to Southern New Hampshire University. Um, you know, I, I always, if I'm struggling in a class, I always use the resources that are provided by the school. Um, I take advantage of every outside of class uh, assistance that I can get if need be. And I just, I, I kind of just go the extra mile and I feel like that's something that sets a wrestler, a, a dedicated wrestler aside from other people in general. So they just are installed with that mindset. <clears throat> and uh, so that's, that's the whole premise behind my, uh, my wrestling story. It's just that um, it's a big part of who I am. As you can tell, I kind of just went on a big fucking rant about that. Um, but so, yeah, I'm a wrestler. I'm also a student. Um, I'm a son. I got a great mother who's raised me to be the best person that I can be. Along with wrestling, she's the probably one of my biggest influencers in uh, being a well-rounded and respectable individual. Growing up, you know, um, parents got divorced when I was younger. She's always been there lived with her for my whole life, single mom for a decent amount of time till she got remarried. Um, but you know, she kept the, she held the weight, you know, I had a, a brother. I, well, I do have a brother who was going through some drug issues at the time. 
she was a single mom, you know, dealing with all that at once. I don't even know how she managed to juggle all these things, but she did. So I, I, I thank her for that. Um, but man, she, she dealt with some shit. Wow. Looking back at it, kind of reflecting, she dealt with some shit. And, uh, so I think I got to pay her some respects. Sometimes I feel like I, I haven't paid her respects enough because, you know, she was, uh, she was kind of, uh, a reminder of she would always remind me of everything that I had to get done and she was kind of like my responsibilities checklist you know she'd kind of be like hi like don't forget to get this 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 done and for some reason I would always snap on her because of that and I I do want to just take the time to kind of apologize to you for that mom um you know you never really deserve that You, you work your ass off and you have worked your ass off your whole life especially when you're when you were single dealing with all the issues that my brother had um you managed to pull through and uh you managed to create a uh, pretty badass son, if I don't say so myself. Um, and I, I thank you for all those traits that you've given me. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. But So yes, I have a mom, obviously. But I have a great mom, is what I'm trying to say. Um, my dad's great, too. He dealt with some alcoholism issues growing up. Um, well, as I was growing up. And so that was a lot of shit to see as a kid. You know, I... Uh, definitely grew up at a faster pace than most individuals did a lot of my friends didn't know half the shit that I knew growing up you know they didn't know about alcoholism they didn't know about drugs um any of this mature material until like seventh eighth ninth grade meanwhile I was learning about it when I was six or seven just because you know I hadn't had no other choice you know but at the end of the day you kind of learn from these mistakes. He's been sober for a few years now, more than a few actually. So kudos to him. You know, he kind of rebuilt his life, started from scratch. And as I've grown and matured, I've become um, more appreciative of hanging out with him. Uh, he's gone through a lot. He's been dealing with, he dealt with a lot of mental disorders, depression, anxiety, mental illnesses, like left and right. And I can't even imagine um, how he came up from out of, like how he came out from, all of that and just kind of prevailed. I thought that was pretty cool. And again, I think he had, that was his why, you know, that was his drive was breaking free of that and kind of restarting his life, which he did. And, um, now I've been able to have great conversation with him. I hang out with him, you know, I cherish every time I get to hang out with him because recently I've been, I've come to realize that, um, he's been able to kind of give me some wisdom and provide me. I, I, I kind of just, I realized, you know, what I re- I've always known it, but I kind of just remembered how smart and intelligent he was because there was a big gap in my life where I was like, shit, like, like fuck him, like he's a deadbeat dad, like um, alcoholic dad, like I'm not gonna see him, I'm like fuck you, dad, like all this stuff, you know. I was I was giving him hate and all that, but at the same time I was growing up, so you know I was I was like going through my teenage years and it was it was rough because <clears throat> I didn't know what to think, you know, I was being influenced by outside sources. Um, outside opinions on him and stuff like that but now I, I come I come look back at it and I talk to him and hang out with him a lot and I've come to realize like come to remember how smart he actually is and how intelligent he is and he's been able to shed some of that wisdom on me some of these life lessons on me and I think that that's uh that's that's a pretty unique thing to have you know developing a bond redeveloping a bond with your son actually uh, and being able to reestablish it in such a good way 
um, is something that not a lot of people can do after suffering all the things that he suffered. So um, talk about drive. I mean, the man, the man kicked ass in that field. So I think it's somewhat genetics, but I don't know if I could pull it off better than him. But uh, yeah, so he's great. Um, brother grew up with him. Um, best friends for a while. Younger growing up, got into some sort of uh, drug issues in and out of rehab. Don't want to go into crazy details, at least not in this podcast. I'm feeling like it. I'll go into details in a further podcast. Um, down the road, but, you know, I see him every now and then, he's so, he's doing great, maybe I'll get him on one of these, one day, you'll hear his goofy ass speak, but, I mean, been talking for kind of a while now, and this is my first podcast, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty satisfied with the results, um, I'm probably gonna head to bed now, because it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I really just kind of wanted to get this out of the way, I've been, uh, had some thoughts in my mind, but, I hope you guys enjoyed kind of my introduction, um, and I hope you look forward to hearing more from me, because this is kind of a good release so far as, I mean, just from talking, once you get in the groove, I never realized it, like, when you get in the groove, you can just keep talking and keep flowing, it's kind of a good release, so, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be more, but thanks for listening, guys, and uh, I'll catch you around in the next episode.